I'm going to read a passage out of Matthew 7 where Jesus is finishing up what we know as the Sermon on the Mountain. In verse 6, He tells the people this, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls before pigs. Now in that context, Jesus is telling them not to bother with continuing to present the gospel to people who consistently and adamantly want to reject it. In other words, don't throw your pearls, don't throw the pearls of the gospel continually before pigs that just want to wallow on top of it and not accept it for the message of love that it is. And that will all make sense here in a second as we get further into this message. Idol worship is something that humanity has battled since sin's inception, and the battle continues today. Now, I know you guys probably don't have shrines or images or statues or little Joe Boos or whatever set up in your house that you bow down to in the sense of what we think idol worship to be. Most of the time when we think about idol worship, we think Old Testament times, we think golden calves, we think bronze serpents, we think Baals, we think Asterisk, we think Molech, these false gods, and we picture people just bowing down in front of this little incense burning golden image that somebody has fashioned with their own hands. And when I talk about idol worship with you guys, I realize that none of you probably have any of that stuff set up in your house. You don't have something physical, you don't have some physical altar built in your home that you go to throughout the day and you bow down and you worship. It's just not something that you find in our culture, at least not here. So much so anymore, but idol worship is still a reality in our lives because the reality is idol worship is anything that competes with God for the throne of your heart. I'll say that again. Idol worship is anything that competes with God for the throne of your heart. An idol is anything that draws your affection away from God. An idol isn't anything that takes a priority or a precedence in your life over and above where God should be. And that reality, combined with Jesus' words that we find in Matthew chapter 7, gives us the construct for our new series that we're going to call Pearls for Pigs. Everybody say oink, oink. That was weak. You know, we're close to having our first child. And you guys, y'all might have that blessing one day in your life. And guess what? You're going to have to teach a kid one day, what's a piggy say? And you know what you're going to have to tell him? Oink, oink. So that was weak. Let's practice it again. What's a pig say? We'll try again next week. Oink, oink. That's like an Eeyore version of a pig. When we allow our hearts to be given over to the idols of this world, what I'm saying is is that we are, in essence, trading pearls for pigs. So in Luke 10, we encounter a dangerous idol that has crept into a lot of hearts in our modern-day culture, that being the idol of achievement. So look at Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38. God's Word says, Now, as they went on their way, Jesus and his disciples... Jesus entered a village. Man, don't you just love the intentionality with which Jesus did everything? When God's Word gives us a simple detail such as Jesus entered a village, 
we know that there is a purpose and a point behind it. Aren't you glad that Jesus entered into your house one day? Aren't you glad that Jesus entered into your struggle with depression one day? Aren't you glad Jesus entered into your struggle of addiction, of whatever it may be, one day? Aren't you glad Jesus entered into your family members one day? Aren't you glad Jesus entered into this place tonight when our praises went up to heaven and he came down and inhabited them? I'm so thankful that Jesus enters in to specific places to do specific things. And a woman named... Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, uh, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Tonight I want to speak to you from the subject of the achievement abyss. I grew up in a home where I was taught the importance and the value of hard work. If you want something, then work for it. Do what needs to be done to achieve it. And our culture, in a lot of ways pushes us to base our lives around achievement. <clears throat> Do we have any scouts, any from, former scouts in here? Boy scouts, girl scouts? Scouts is a prime example of basing your life at an early age around achievement. You achieve a task, you get a badge. Uh, it seemed to work pretty good, so the church in and of itself adopted kind of a similar format. They didn't call it scouts, they called it Awana. Anybody know what I'm talking about? This is before a lot of y'all's time. Some of the older people in the room, y'all remember Awana? And we used to have Awana. Some churches still do it. I loved Awana. They gave you that vest to wear. It's kind of like a scout, right? Like if you memorize your verse, they give you a verse to memorize. If you memorize it and you came back and you told it to your Awana leader and you got it right, they'd give you what? They'd give you a badge to sew on your vest. Man, I thought that was the stuff. Like I love my Awana vest with a passion. Honestly, if I could still fit in it, I'd have probably wore it tonight. Like, I used to wear my Awana vest, my mom can tell you, I used to wear my Awana vest around the house. We didn't even have to be at church. It didn't even have to be Awana night. I just liked to wear that vest because I was proud of my achievements. And I couldn't wait until the next opportunity to show up and, and give my Bible verse or, or read a specific passage or answer a question to get my little cubby badge or whatever it is. You know, they had different levels that you graduated to. And I was so proud of those things. Achievement, you achieve a task, you get a badge. Sports. Oh, we got some sports people in here tonight. Sports is all about achievement. You push to receive postseason awards. You push to break records or what have you. Y'all like my little idol altar set up right here just in case you're wondering what that is. These are idols. Sports, you push to achieve. You push to accomplish. You push to get your name on plaques and boards and receive accolades and get your name in the paper and all that good stuff. Uh, we got some band people. We got some musician people in here as well. My sister, thank you for the prop, brought her, her band sash because I thought this would be a prime example of what achievement looks like within the musical world. It, within the band, you, you push, you strive for honor band. And they give you all these pins. I mean, look at all this stuff. Like, you gotta, you gotta, we used to go to these, these band 
these honor band things, all state, all that good stuff for band, and all these kids, we walk around with these sashes, and it was like deafening. It was like the most intense session of jingle bells you've ever heard in your life because all these kids are walking around with their badges, and, and you're proud of that, right? Very, very proud of those badges, and you should be. Achievements. Academics. We, we push, we strive to achieve degrees. It doesn't just stop with an undergrad. A lot of you will go on to get your master's. Some of you might go on to get PhDs, doctorates. I don't know why on God's green earth you would ever want to stay in school any longer than you have to. But some of you are straight-A students. You push to get your name on honor rolls from the very beginning of elementary school. They'd have the bulletin board outside of the school office. A honor roll, A, B honor roll. And all the kids that struggled for the rest of their lives with insecurity because they never got the names on the board because they weren't smart enough to do it. And then you get to college, there's the dean's list. And so all of us nerdy people, all of us good grade-making people push to be on the dean's list. And then if you're lucky enough, the, the president's list. And then we're big time. Career. People push to make achievements in their career, in, in their job one day to get promotions, to increase salary, to make a good living for yourself, to provide for your family, to achieve the next pay grade, to go up higher, a little higher next year in the tax bracket. Life is full of achievements and accomplishments that we strive for. And, and listen to me, there's nothing wrong with hard work. Nothing whatsoever. God's Word actually applauds those who work hard and diligently. There's nothing wrong with hard work. There's nothing wrong with achievements. There's nothing wrong with accolades. There's nothing wrong with accomplishments. But if we aren't careful, achievement, just like anything else, becomes an idol that we bow down to and a false god that we place our identity in. And that's exactly where I think some of us are tonight. And so Jesus, through Martha, gives us an illustration of what an achievement idol does within us and the first thing that it does is that it causes distraction Jesus enters into this village and Martha welcomes him into our house and he walks in and immediately Martha's sister Mary the goody two-shoes the the suck up to the teacher sits down at Jesus's feet but we see Martha running around the house trying to tidy everything up. The text describes it by telling us that Martha was what? Martha was distracted. This is what an achievement idol will do within your life. It will cause distraction. And this, my friends, is the paradox of the idol of achievement. Achievement requires focus. You cannot achieve if you do not have focus. But without us realizing it, it causes distraction. That's the paradox of an idol of achievement. It requires focus to achieve the things that you want to achieve. But so often without us realizing it, while we're achieving the accolades, while we're achieving degrees, while we're achieving career, while we're achieving badges or whatever it may be, we're also distracted from what's most important. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Martha's running around the house. And, and here's, here's the bad thing about it. It's really bad. It really is. 
on levels in which we don't even realize because as you read this passage, we feel and we sense Martha's presence in every room of that house. She's cleaning up here. She's running to this room. She's tidying up here. She's running to the bedroom. She's putting the 17 throw pillows on the bed that don't do anything. And you just throw them in the floor when you go to bed at night, but she's putting them back on the bed. She's running back in the kitchen. She's throwing dishes in the dishwasher. She's felt in every room of that house except the one Jesus is in. Because the idol of achievement is excellent at causing distractions. And most people, let me, let me help you if you're struggling with identifying if this is an idol in your life or not. Most people who struggle with this idol have an easy identifier. They make checklists. They are at any given moment within a 5 to 10 foot proximity of a sticky note. Your checklisters, your, your to-do list, homework check, work shift check, cleaning check, bills paid check, Meetings to attend, check. Practice to go to, check. Your checklisters. But the danger of having an achievement idol is that you'll check all these things off the list, but you'll never make it down to the slot that Jesus has. Everything else will get achieved. Everything else will get accomplished. You'll go to work. You'll finish your homework. You'll get that project done. You might stay up till 4 a.m. in the morning doing it, but you'll get it done. You'll show up at work on time. You'll pay the bills. You'll get the house tidied up, and then when it comes down to it, the last thing on your list will be Jesus, and it'll get left off every single time with an idol of achievement. Why? Because it distracts us. But it also breeds competition. Look back in verse 40. It says that Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him. She went up to Jesus, and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve Alone. People who struggle with an idol of achievement will turn anything into a competition. I hate this message. I hate this message because it describes me way too good. I've struggled with an idol of achievement for the better part of my entire life. And so getting ready and prepared to preach this message tonight, I walked into Brother Matt's office, our student pastor, and I told him, I really hate my message for tonight. I really do. I don't enjoy it because it's not fun. To see yourself in the mirror for who you really are when you look at God's Word. But I struggle with this idol. If you guys know me, those of you that know me on any level, know that I will compete at putting shoes on. It doesn't matter. I bet I can tie my knot faster than you. People that struggle with an idol of achievement will turn anything into a competition. And we get this sense with Martha. It's almost as if she's keeping score between her and her sister Mary. <laughs> And, and on top of that, she wants Jesus to be aware of the fact that she's winning. Did you catch it? She wants Jesus to know that she's winning. Hey, Lord, Jesus, do you not care? Do you not care that I'm busy serving? Do you not care that I'm running around? Do you see me? Martha won, Mary zero, goes to the next room, does something else. Martha two, Jesus, Martha two, Mary zero. I'm running up the score on her. She's garbage, she's trash, she can't hang with me. She wants Jesus to be aware of the fact that she's winning because people with an achievement idol on their heart also have no problem with letting everyone else know when they win or accomplish something. Case in point, right here. I have no problem whatsoever 
and letting everybody else know whether they were involved or not if I win. No problem with it. Why are y'all looking at me so holy right now? We don't have any competitors in this room? Y'all trying to act like y'all don't struggle with this stuff? People within achievement, I don't have no problem letting everybody else know that they're winning. Or that they accomplished something. Hey, Jesus, look at me. Look at me, Jesus. Look at what I did. Look at what I've done. The problem with this is that there is no competition in the kingdom. <clears throat> there is no competition in the kingdom. Jesus had to teach his disciples this, so don't feel like you're in isolated company as they were traveling around from town to town doing ministry one day it says in the bible that a discussion a dispute actually arose between the disciples between who will be the what the greatest competition they're having a competition having a debate between each other who's going to be the greatest and jesus turns around and he says listen guys the only thing that y'all should be competing for is last but they didn't learn from it because later on as they're sitting down having a meal Actually, not long before Jesus is about to go to the cross. They start another conversation, and a couple of the disciples go up to Jesus, and they say, hey, hey, Jesus, uh, we were just wondering, uh, which, which one of us are, are going to get to sit next to your throne in heaven? Competition. You know what Jesus taught them? He taught them that kingdom work is accomplished by combining efforts, not competing efforts. But an idol of achievement will breed competition in a dangerous way within your heart. Be careful. Be careful. Here's where it's senseless. Here's where competition in the kingdom is senseless. Because if you're not careful, it will cause you to compete in an arena where you've already been declared a winner. And i got to be honest, when you've already won, it's kind of dumb to keep on competing. It breeds competition. But this idol, it, it doesn't stop there. It also incites comparison. At the very end of verse 40, after Martha runs to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? She caps it off with this, tell her then to help me. So it's not just that Martha is competing with Mary, Martha also begins to compare herself with Mary. And this always builds, guys, competition always builds and turns in to comparison. Lord, look, I'm serving while Mary is sitting. Look at me, Jesus, look at me compared to her. An achievement idol incites an attitude of comparison within us, and it's laced with two very dangerous elements that I want to point out to you guys. The first of which is that it, it forms a constant frustration with people. When you have an achievement idol set up on the throne of your heart, it breeds this comparison thing within you so that you have a constant frustration with the people around you that you don't think are getting the job done the way that they should be. This was Martha's beef with Mary when she makes the comparison. Jesus, look at me. I'm serving. Mary's sitting. She's not getting the job done. I am. And she's frustrated with her own sister because she's sitting there in her eyes not doing anything. 
which then causes you to become critical. It's the killer sees, guys. You compete, then you compare, then you criticize. And this is the progression that Martha is on. Jesus, look at me. Look at me. I'm serving while they're sitting. Jesus, look at me. And the same thing is in our life. Look, Jesus, look at, look at what I'm doing for your kingdom. Look at how I'm putting myself out there. Look at all the things that I'm sacrificing. And look at all these other people. They're not doing anything for your glory, yet you're blessing them. Yet you're just letting them go on and live this life of half in the church, half in the world, and everything seems to be fine for them, yet I'm over here struggling. I'm trying to grind every day for your kingdom, and you ain't giving me a bone, Jesus. That's because people who battle the idol of achievement are always in need of approval. You're always in need of, if you constantly need the approval of others in your life to validate the things that you are doing for the glory of God, you probably have an achievement idol set up in your heart. But there's a second part, a second element that gets laced with the comparison aspect that's dangerous. It's not just that it's a constant frustration with people is that there's also a constant sense of discontentment with yourself. People that struggle with an idol of achievement battle constant senses of discontentment with themselves because they feel like they didn't measure up to what they were trying to accomplish or achieve. You put your best foot forward, but if it doesn't work out like you thought that it should, it just leads to discontentment in your life. You studied your butt off for that test, and made an 85 instead of a 94, and now you are emotionally eating a bowl of ice cream in your apartment because you made a B instead of an A. It's really just getting too truthful for some people in the house tonight. I really feel like it is. It's a real struggle because there's always this sense of discontentment because I put all this effort into it and I didn't get the approval that I was looking for and I also didn't achieve the result that I thought that I would get. You've got idols of achievement in your life. And then from there, it just produces anxiety. An idol of achievement, whether you realize it or not, it produces anxiety in your life. Look at verse 41. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things. The idol of achievement produces anxiety because it is always placing on you an expectation to live up to. In baseball, when I was at UNA, I wanted to achieve the role of being an ace pitcher. But can I tell you guys what I learned in that process? With that achievement came anxiety. With that achievement, and I did achieve it. I did accomplishment. And I'm not up here to, you know, but I did achieve that goal. And you guys will have goals that you achieve. But what you don't realize in the process of achieving those things, 
And the thing that you didn't count on was the anxiety that it was then going to bring into your life. I achieved that goal and it just turned into anxiety every time Saturday came around. Why? Because the constant pressure was there for me to perform. The constant expectation was there for me to go out and get the W every time we played. So everybody sees the polished product walk out on the mound on Saturday, but what they don't see is Trey in the bathroom in the locker room yakking before he goes out there. Achievement produces anxiety when it is an idol in your heart. Because there are expectations that you have placed upon yourself that you are trying to live up to that quite honestly, God did not design you to put on your back to bear. Martha was an achiever. She had placed all these expectations on herself and she was trying to live up to them. Some of you have done the same thing with your academics. Some of you will do the same thing with your careers. You will put these achievements in front of you that you want to accomplish and it will produce an expectation that you place upon yourself that produces anxiety in your life trying to live up to that thing because achievement's an idol in your heart. It's the thing that you're pursuing. It's the thing that you're passionate about. It's the thing that has the most affection in your life. Martha was an achiever and she placed all these expectations on herself. She was trying to live up to them so much so that it openly made her anxious. She was so openly anxious that Jesus could see it. Martha, Martha, girl, you're anxious. You're worried about many things. But Jesus said to her, only one thing is necessary. You know what that one thing was? To just sit down. Psalm 46.10 says to be still. But it's very hard. It's very hard for people who have an idol of achievement in their hearts to be still. You know why? Because it feels unproductive. It feels unproductive to sit down and not do anything goes against the very nature of someone who is strong-willed and pursuing an idol of achievement. Because if I'm sitting down and doing nothing, then I'm not doing anything to get closer to the thing that I want to accomplish. Jesus said, one thing, Martha, is necessary. Sit down and be still. An idol of achievement produces anxiety. One last thing. An idol of achievement settles for good. Verse 42, and I'm going to swap over to the NIV for a second. Jesus says, one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. The idol of achievement settles for good. Instead of just sitting in what's better. What I'm trying to help you see is that achievement is an abyss. 
it's a seemingly bottomless pit because no matter what you achieve, there's always going to be more. No matter what it may be, there's always going to be another degree that you can earn. There's always going to be another award that you could have won. There's always going to be in the working world one day another promotion that you could gain. There's always going to be another badge that you could pin somewhere to your sash of honor. Paul told the Philippians, this was his desire. My desire is to gain Christ. Academics are good. I told you that, that an idol of achievement settles for what? It settles for good. Academics are good. Degrees are good. Diplomas are good. Awards are good. Sports are good. I love sports. My, my baby boy, I hope he's a baller, man. For real. I hope he loves sports. And I hope he plays his heart out. And I hope he gets scholarship. And I hope he wins awards and all that good stuff. Oh, that's good. Career is good. Finding a job one day is good. Working hard at your craft, that's good. Earning awards within your career, that's good. Working your way up to the top of the ladder if you want to do that. If you want to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, by all means pursue that. That's good. Anything that you want to achieve, anything that you want to go after award-wise to make yourself better as an individual in this world, it brings God glory. To see people work like that for the glory of God, those things are good. Making the dean's list, though, won't fully satisfy you. Earning all-American status, it won't endlessly fulfill you. Becoming a CEO won't finally complete you. Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. Don't settle for what's good. When you can just take a break and come over here and sit for a few moments and experience what's better. Don't trade the pearl of gaining Christ for the pig of achievement. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, college and young adult pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life. <laughs>